Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Welcome to lovely September the 2nd, Julie Harris. Yes, the adventure continues. Lots of interesting coaching calls all day long and more to come. You know, I had, this is a good coaching day for me because I've got a lot of fantastic agents from different parts of the country. So I feel like I really have sort of a deep dive down the rabbit hole of what's really going on on the front lines, you know? variety. Yeah, you guys got to remember the front, the uh, headlines and news stories and all that stuff uh, about real estate in general. That's looking at the past. So if you want to really know what's going on, uh, well, listen to our podcast because we're going to tell you exactly what we're hearing from the four corners of the real estate realm and, you know, reporting back exactly what we're saying. And I'll tell you what I'm saying. And I, I'm curious. Julie had a bunch of calls this morning, too. I'm seeing an absolute hurried, crazy, manic seller's market continuing. And and, and this is not just in the this is in some of the uh, outback areas of uh, real estate and not just and I'll tell you in the cities where I have coaching clients, Julie and I have coaching clients, those areas where you can start seeing the cracks form as, uh, as far as yeah. basically price appreciation. But other outlying areas or cursory markets, that's where things are getting really interesting. Yes, absolutely. I would totally 100% agree with you. And just when we thought that, you know, there couldn't be any less inventory, it's still starvation of, you know, that. So here's the thing. When you list stuff that people want, you can basically take that check to the bank. Listing agent wins every time. you got to remember that. And, you know, the question, and I've had some calls with some very powerful listing agents that typically have their magic number under control, and their inventory is being driven down. And they're, you know, but what's interesting is the coaching on that, it, it, there's everybody's looking for like what's the magic thing to take a listing tonight right okay here's the deal you have to do the same things you always have to do you just have to do more of them with more excuse me urgency and more skill right so there there's no okay if you if you just do this one facebook ad you're going to be all set yeah okay but that's what they they feel like they're looking for because when your inventory dries up you get a little bit panicky well, right, because you guys, truthfully, if you're new podcast listeners and you haven't heard Julie and I, you know, bemoan from the highest mountain to learn how to be a proactive lead generator and your whole business has been predicated on buying leads, you're going to be suffering at a very grand scale right now. We're actually going to be giving you some specific drill down on exactly what I just said here in a second. Julie's prepared some great notes for the show today. Well, I guess we'll see if they're great or not. <laughs> we'll see about that. We'll have to see about that. But I'll tell you one thing that is fascinating, and I had a, uh, you know, several calls like this. When you're chasing expired listings, don't just assume, I know this is counterintuitive, but don't just assume the old price was wrong. Um, I've, you know, again, coaching clients who are listing the houses at the old price are getting the property sold because what happens, and if you guys not been in the business long enough to know or not been an experienced enough listing agent to know, and just listen to what your coach is telling you right now, or maybe we're your future coach because you haven't hired us yet, but here's the moral of the story. What happens when a listing hits the market in, in, in modern times, it's very protracted. 
after maybe a week or two, if it hasn't sold yet, the house starts getting this sort of Damocles type situation, which mm-hmm. in other words means people start making up stories why it didn't sell. You know, overpriced condition, da 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 da, da. and then the buyers stop wanting to see it, and then they and just think how uh, the MLS works. Think how most IDEX search results work, where it just sends you the newest listing. So a new listing is the best thing ever. Everyone's excited about it, but as soon as that new listing is thirty days old, or in some markets only two weeks old, then nobody asks about it, and the showings drop off like a rock. And so you can see that in statistics. It's just everything we're, I'm just telling you is absolutely stone cold true. So what does that tell you? If you if the house misses when it got on the market, maybe it missed because the seller wasn't allowing showings. Maybe it missed because there was some condition issue that the seller hadn't quite remedied or maybe priced, right? Who knows? But what happens then, it, the house sits in the market. It passes whatever the local market thinks should have been the reasonable amount of time for it to sell in. It just begins to smell a little bit about like you know spoiled milk in essence. It's near its due date. Psychologically, that's the tolerance for what people will have as far as expectations of how long it should take a house to sell. And then people stop showing it. Now, there's the house might be perfect. Everything about the house might be perfect. And, you know, but let's say, for example, buyers come to the market after the house has been for sale for a month. They're asking to see it, but all the agents who have seen it not sell are going to then tell those new buyers, no, you don't want to see that one. Supposedly, it's got this problem or that problem. It's a reputation, basically. That's what happens. And, you know, and unfortunately, that's a lot of bad, unprofessional behavior from real estate folks. But also, in real estate agents' defense, the systems are set up to make older listings look bad. In essence, they stale. They grow stale. They start to smell like spoiled milk to wretched milk after in most markets about 90 days. Mm-hmm. So when ha- what happens is when it expires, what you will find that if you just take fresh pictures, write a fresh description and keep it at the same price. And I know this might sound wackadoodle, but it's true. You might even be able to raise the price. I've seen some of that. Of course. Yep. You know, if you're in a mm-hmm. super hot market and again, the house got passed over for whatever reason and then it expires or, you know, sometimes the sellers get frustrated with the agents because, you know, the agent didn't sell it in 60 or 90 days, whatever, or 30 days in some markets, and you pick up that listing, you don't necessarily need to go to war with that seller over price. Okay. That's That's the moral of the story. So you've got to know your market. Mm -hmm. Don't just automatically assume. Now, this time next year, when it doesn't sell, I promise you, we're all going to be practicing a lot of price change scripts on the podcast and on our coaching. Totally different scenario. But But for now, right. For now, just keep your head focused on what the market is willing to give you. So I was listening to um, Rob Johnson, who's one of my favorite coaching clients. He's up in, I shouldn't say that. It's like saying which kid of yours is favorite. <laughs> Who do you love the you most? You know what? I'm about to announce which kid of mine is, uh, of ours is favorite, Julie. You are. Zoe's my yes, favorite daughter. mine too. Oh, hold on. We only have one kid. Yeah, it makes it easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Rob was up in a listing appointment. Now, this one's a really expensive $35 million listing, right? But he goes on this listing appointment. And this other agent he's competing against, he later finds out, she told the seller $20 million. Well, this is an exceptional property. Rob described it to me, and it's on water, and it just has like this ridiculous set of amenities that are exceptional even for Greenwich, Connecticut, right? So Rob then uh, says, tells the seller he thinks it's worth hypothetically in the high 20s to the mid-30s. And the other agent was using old comps, even historical comps, back from when the market in Greenwich was crap, which, by the way was about eight months ago, right? <laughs> right. So the market had totally changed 
in that amount of time, Rob sells a lot of real estate, a lot of really ultra luxury real estate in Greenwich. He knew what the market was doing. He knew the buyer demand was uh, like unhinged by comparison just earlier this year, pre-COVID. And so he had market information that this other agent didn't. So he felt comfortable telling the seller this higher price, even though it was like 30% more than what she was saying. Um, and he, he's going to, obviously he's going to take the listing, but that's because he has market knowledge. So again, in market conditions like this, the old comps don't always apply. Just remember Julie and I told you that. Yes. And here's the thing. You don't have to be a super experienced agent like Rob to know your market stats. You do have to actually watch it. The great way to do it. That's cheap and free is to just watch your hot sheets every morning. Yeah. What's hot and what's not. If you watch that every day and you compare side by side, you can see what's the price range where you start to see price reductions. Is it that, you know, everything's selling except condos and condos are full of price reductions. You can see those trends, but not if you just look at it like every now and then when you have a listing appointment, you're not going to have a good sense of that. Well, I remember when you and I were selling real estate. Now, this was back when you know we were in caves, but back when you and I were selling <laughs> yeah. real estate, you went and took a supplemental supplementary class at the MLS to really learn how to use search on MLS. Now, it's gotten yeah. way simpler since then, but that's one of the things, guys, is that you yeah. got to really learn how to use do drill tools. down CMAs. Or at least have somebody uh, that can do the real drill down information for you. But then you're going to need to learn how to interpret it and present it to the seller. Um, again, a lot of you rely on these, you know, essentially these products, these software programs that produce these really beautiful CMAs. And you're just relying on the, you know, shock and all of the, the imagery and the graphics and all that to win the seller over. But in a market like this, remember what I'm telling you, those things are using historical data and you need to be using data that's more pertain, pertaining to things that are happening now, not things that happened in the last six right, months. Right, like what are the pendings, right? Right. So when you're looking at a subject property, you're not just looking at that historical data. And of course, you are going to take that into consideration. But the most recent stuff has the most value. And what is pending, right? So I used to do this for our CMAs and see, like, does it seem like you can't go over X, right? So you've got a beautiful custom home. It's a popular neighborhood. And it seems like I want to price it at like 575. But then I look at what's actually pending and there's nothing more than 550 pending. So probably that's more of a 549 house. Even though it's got some cool stuff, it seems like there's a ceiling to that. So Julie was you, yeah, Julie was just giving you an example of how you price in a normal equilibrium market, which is where we sold real estate. Yeah. Our average days in the market was hundred was like four months, and the average for the MLS was over six months, right? So what she just gave you was how you go about pricing things for a buyer seller, you know, equilibrium equal. type market. Yeah. But if you have a, a market that's turned very aggressively towards being a seller's market, then go back to our you previous statements. By the way, all of you guys, this is and this is again the we're going to pivot to talk about the information Julie has prepared for all of you guys to talk about. One of the recurring themes on our podcast, in our coaching program, in our coaching, in our lives, hopefully in your lives, is the necessity to become a skills based agent because when you have a skills based agent, um, you really do, uh, are on, the, you're essentially free. You are on your way to being financially free. Another coaching call I just had today was with another great client. He's in North Carolina and he set four listing appointments and he's an incredible, he's in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte's Charlotte, Charlotte, just Charlotte. Yeah. I always say Charlotteville. Why do I do that? 
don't know. It's weird, isn't it? it is. I always say that. Anyway, so Charlotte, North Carolina, yeah. and it, which is one of the hottest markets in the United States for a whole variety of reasons. Fizbo's, generally speaking, will sell themselves. Well, he set four for sale by owner listings between this and last week um, and from proactive lead generation, right? He got on the phone. He used our scripts, and he and I were having a funny conversation. This is actually right before the podcast where he said, you know, I've coached this guy for a long time, where he said, without me knowing, in other words, he didn't tell me, that he sometimes looked for the easy button and sometimes been attracted to the passive lead generation. And he was having this, essentially, this emotionally cathartic sort of experience that why is even, you know, obviously he hired me as a coach years ago, and I've been telling this all the time, but even with me as a coach, even with me, you know, making sure he's keeping on the you know the horizon as far as his finances and taking listings and all that he still is emotionally drawn to hitting the easy button and he's now at this point in his life realizing because the easy button stuff isn't working now in his marketplace and he hasn't gotten back on the proactive lead generation um, saddle uh, with the uh, energy and enthusiasm that he should have until last week and now he's going back and realizing you know how much more business he could have taken this year had he not even been even remotely going down the passive lead generation path where he had he stayed proactive, he he obviously, you know, he thinks he would have made another fifty, maybe sixty percent more in revenue this year. And that's kind of the experience that a lot of you guys are going to start having as you ask yourselves, why is it that what I was doing in the past is no longer working today and won't work in the future? And Julie's got some really salient points to share with you. But before she gets to her first point, I want to remind all of you guys it's not too late to join our free coaching program. We started this at the start of the pandemic and we're going to keep offering this it's available to everyone in the united states and all the other countries in which you guys are listening to us and by the way thank you for making this international this podcast international and thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast in the nation for agents so in the nation being the united states we're going to work on mongolia and the other countries where we have listeners well you know what we've got like eight listeners in mongolia we might very well have the number one listen to daily podcast <laughs> for agents in mongolia i hadn't hey, thought about it awesome. Exactly. Well, so if you want to join the free coaching program, and don't be confused, this is a shadow of the normal premier coaching program. But if you want to join it, just text the word survival to 31996. Just text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link. You can join the coaching program. There's a lot of great content sitting there waiting for you. The Ultimate Agent Survival Guide, the Real Estate Treasure Map, the 90-Day Massive Action Plan, just all kinds of great stuff. And you are entitled to a daily semi-private coaching call. So make sure you go ahead and text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And join the free coaching program. Julie? Yes, so nice segue into, here's the big question. I want everybody to be introspective. Are you, as a sales professional, are you convenient or are you qualified? Are you convenient or are you skilled? How do you know? So here's some questions to ask yourself. Let's frame this uh, in terms of listings. But I suppose you could apply it to buyers too, but let's focus on listings for a minute. Question number one, do you only have the listing appointment because you know them? In other words, your friends. They're in your center of influence, database. Question number two, do you only have the appointment just because you sold them the house, right? They called you because, you know, you came to mind, you sold them the house. Number three, do you have the appointment only because somebody referred that person to you? Number four, do you have the appointment because the broker, your broker gave the lead to you Do you have, number five, do you have this because you bought the lead? Or 
Did you actually earn the right to be there because you have skill? So buying the listing lead, again, we're going to focus on sellers. That could be from a radio ad. That could be from uh, just a host of reasons. But the main thing is, is you spent money in exchange for that uh, lead opposed to having skill and having gone out and earned that lead. Now, before we get to the second part of what Julie's prepared, I want you guys to be really clear about something. A lot of you rationalize buying leads because you think it's a better use of your time. In other words, you think it makes sense for you to delegate lead generation so that it's not skills-based so you can go off and do something uh, that's a you know higher and better use of your time. But here's the reality. There are only really five things that pay you in real estate, but there's only maybe three that you need to be really good at. And these are the things that you should never delegate. They are proactive lead generation. They are um, pre-qualifying. Lead follow-up. <laughs> well, okay, four. L- lead follow-up and then obviously going on listing appointments. You yes. can be terrible at everything else in real estate. And if you're really good at those things, you're going to rock. Now, as you try to basically delegate, for example, your listing appointments, your, someone going on the appointments with you, what then is going to happen is because that person that you hire to go on listing appointments is not going to be uh, interested in proactively lead generating. Obviously, they're, they're going to be not wanting to build skills. They're only going to be wanting to go on appointments that you have created the lead for them. In other words, you've had to spend thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars to generate those listing leads. Your profit from the listing side of the business is going to go to pot because of the fact that you're having to buy all your business. And I say this, and Julie and I experience this every single day. If your business is predicated on buying your business, you're not going to make any profit. And when the markets turn around and they slow down, you're going to experience true financial hardship because you're going to have all these fixed costs and you're not going to be able to maintain them because of the fact that cash flow sucks. That's what happens. That's what happened back when COVID hit. That's what's going to happen again, most likely to a lot of brokerages and um, you know agents. That's what's happening to teams. It's not that you guys are bad business people. It's not that you are even, you know, you're not capable of building a fantastic business. The problem is, is that no one's ever told you that the business model that you're following only works in a very tight set of business uh, market circumstances, primarily being a hot seller's market where the velocity of the money, the transactions happen so quick, it covers up for the essentially the lack of skill. Exactly. I mean, if you've got money coming in every single month and everyone's singing your praises and you're selling lots of units and getting lots of awards and everyone thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. It compensates because you're able to meet your debt burdens and you're able to get everybody paid. You don't slow yourself down and look at your actual profit margins. And because the whole system reinforces you continuing to stay on this path, buy more leads, buy more leads, do more transactions. Mm -hmm. Nobody slows you down and says, hey, Bob, you know what? Let's look at all the transactions you've done the past year. Or if you're a big broker the past maybe 36 months, okay, what's the actual margins you're pulling out of it? So having done this numerous times before, here's the story. Most big brokerages make less than 2% before tax profit, less than 2%. And most teams, and teams will obfuscate and obscure their numbers like nobody I've ever experienced before, but most teams are making, at best, they're making maybe 6 to 8% before tax profit. That means that for every you know million dollars that a uh, you know a team will earn as you know who knows what their the average expenses numbers of buyer agents and all the rest of it and all their fixed costs from buying leads that means the person running the team is actually netting less than a hundred thousand dollars and that's normal now a, a well-run team where the agent themselves are still going on the listing appointments they haven't delegated the most profitable aspect and maybe they still do a lot of their own pre-qualifying so they're making sure that they're pulling all the you know low-hanging apples off their fruit tree with regards to listing leads 
um, you know, buyers calling on listings and um, who are actually having houses to sell and a, a low skilled agent's never going to pull out that as a listing lead. I mean, Julie was testing, um, we are looking for rental properties and mm-hmm. she was, she got a, a, she filled out a form on realtor.com and, you know, somebody called back who was trying to pre-qualify Julie for the sake of selling that lead back to some agent for 35%. Did that pre-qualifier ask a single question about whether she had a house to sell? No. Oh, it was horrible. Yes. It was embarrassing. Right. So there you go. But that's the fun, that's yeah. the cycle that all of you guys have normalized because you've only been in this business, 99.9% of you, uh, since really two. 2008 or 2009. If you don't know and no one's telling you that there's a smarter, frankly, vastly more profitable way to run your business so that you can withstand any sorts of ebbs and flows at market conditions and interest rates and all of that. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, but it, it does require skills. So look at those other questions. Even if you're not buying your leads, which is the biggest black hole, that's why you spent so much time on it. But let's look at these other things. Okay, so you have the appointment because you know them. You're the appointment because you sold them the house or because it was referred to you or your broker gave a lead to you. None of those four things is predictable or duplicatable in any way. And they don't require you having the skill to compete. That's right. So yep. let's say that this is going to be a month well, where your broker doesn't do that, where you don't have all that happen. So you guys, most of you only take listings that are walk-in listings, where you don't have to compete with another agent, where you don't have to overcome the hard questions because it's basically an easy relationship-based sale. And some of you, most of you, that's what you're going to be told is how you're supposed to build your real estate business. Centers of influence and past clients, right? How many people out there are beating you over with a head with a stick telling you that's the business to go after? That's the business that slows down the fastest when the market starts to change because the sellers start uh, looking for skills-based agents. And most of you guys have been spoiled, yes, with basically having a relationship-based business. And again, to Julie's point, it's not predictable. You cannot tell me uh, essentially that you will be able to list a, a house every single day from being centers of influence and past clients. You cannot tell me you're going to be able to do a certain number of transactions from um, you know buying your leads. You can't. You are beholden to whether Dave Ramsey is going to send you a lead or you're beholden to whether or not your paid lead source is going to send you crap leads or good leads. You will never be free financially or emotionally if you don't have a skills-based business. Yeah, absolutely. So the question is, what are you going to do about it? What makes you different? You know, if you're not sitting at your magic number, or worse, if you don't even know what magic number means, which is the number of listings that you need at all times to meet or exceed your monthly financial goals, how many listings, why listings? We talk to you about this all the time because listings throw off other business, buyers do not. So where are you going to start? Best place to start is with becoming very clear that this is an issue for you. Use the treasure map, use the 90-day massive action plan, get involved so that you're not spinning your wheels on this. You know, and the answer, some of you guys think the answer is, you know, go buy more leads, don't go create more leads. When in fact, you have a lead follow-up problem, that could be part of the issue. When in fact, you don't realize that you can have control of business by having skills, right? So an agent that has skill, what does that actually mean? It means that I could drop you off anywhere in the country, assuming you are licensed in that state or that, you know, wherever I'm dropping you off, and that you actually could take a listing by Friday, no problem. Right. That's what skill means. Now, does that come from expireds for sale by owner? Does it come from probate? Does it come from prospecting builders? You have lots of different options. There's not just one because you have skill. That's what it means. You're not dependent on rolling the you know the dice that maybe a past client will resurface or maybe, maybe your broker will have something they don't want to work and they'll give it to you today. 
that that's called luck and that is not a business plan so the hardest part emotionally for you guys moving past um, a lot of this stuff and this is a normal coaching problem is maybe some of you guys have built you were bought in, you know the belief that you could buy your business through you know, I don't know, YouTube videos, right? So you've been doing these YouTube videos and you've been following some, you know, makeshift guru's plan for you to become somehow, a, you know, a, a YouTube prince or princess and you're going to be the expert and all this BS basically. And maybe it's Instagram, maybe it's whatever, right? You're believing that passive works. And the emotionally difficult part of that is the acceptance that um, you need to quit doing it or you need to deprioritize it in such a way that because you're not willing to accept the fact that it doesn't work because you don't want it. There's two things that are pulling back and forth, a tug of war in your head. One, you don't want to feel like you were lied to and fooled into believing something that wasn't true. And two, you, the other part of it is, is your ego saying, you know, if you just stick with it a little bit longer, a little bit longer, if you make your videos a little bit wackier, if you just, so you're not willing, you're not willing to frankly you know, stop doubling down on dumb because here's the real truth, guys. There's a difference in the, between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. And when you've got enough data points, so let's, let's actually set some parameters around this. If you've been doing something and Julie's off to premiere, so Julie, have a welcome, a wonderful day on premiere. The, that's right. If they're premiere clients better be on the call live. So make sure you guys are attending every single day. So you need to set a, a ground rule, ground rules with, uh, any sort of paid lead generation, right? And you don't. And and then you just continue to throw money at this, you know, usually horrible idea just until the cows come home because you've not determined, A, how long you're willing to throw money at this idea and B, what your return on investment should be. Those are two concepts that are foreign to most agents' minds, let alone brokers. By the way, the one the companies that are going to be the least likely, likely uh, for you to want to actually have a set of filters to run their, you know, gimmicky ideas through are the ones that are selling you the ideas because they know that if you start holding their gimmicky ideas accountable that you will wise up quick and realize that it's a dumb thing to start doing in the first place but look how these guys sell this these ideas to you they sell them based on your ego you know they sell them based on the idea that it, something's going to magically happen right they sell them sell it based on fear of missing out if you don't do it somebody else is going to do it and we only can that all these different little gimmicks though these little emotional levers that they flip in your head and then you find yourself committing to something and then a month passes two years pass five years pass and then you figure out how much you know you never actually stop to think how much money or time you spent towards that idea that's never working and you just think, well, if I just hold out a little while longer, you're like you're stubbornly holding out for something that really probably wasn't even worth doing in the first place. So give yourself permission to quit. There's nothing wrong with quitting. There's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. The quitting while you're ahead part at this point, for some of you, that ship has sailed with some of these gimmicky things. But the reality of it is, is quitting while you're ahead could simply mean that you're not willing to be fooled into believing the easy button thing's going to continuously, you know, is ever going to work. And let's just in the in the defense of your old self who is making the decision for you to do that gimmicky thing, let's give that old self a hall pass. Maybe back in the day when that idea came around, it was a good one. And I'll give you guys some examples. I mean, when Julie and I sold real estate back in the 90s, right? Uh, and Google started doing pay-per-click ads and Realtor.com went live. You could absolutely generate stellar leads from pay-per-click. I remember when Google launched pay-per-click 
It was, um, I remember <laughs> it was over a Christmas break. They just launched it. And I had the opportunity to start screwing around on Google with doing pay-per-click. And from that pay-per-click thing, it worked brilliantly for like 90 days. And then all of a sudden, Google changed it. Other people figured it out. My competition figured it out. A big broker just started doing it. All the things made it so that it was no longer viable. And so that was it. That was the window. But how many other agents stuck with it and are still doing it today, even though they're not getting results? They're not getting tangible closing. You, there's a filter. You need to give each idea, if it, if it cannot produce actual tangible results in a market like this, in my opinion, in less than 30 days, you need to stop doing it. It's a gimmick. And by tangible results, I mean closed transactions where you're making a profit. So some of you guys will just exchange money for money. So you'll spend so much money on generating leads, you're not even factoring for your time. And then you'll basically earn the amount of money back that you spent to generate the leads in the first place and you think that's a win. It's not, you're running a nonprofit business. That's not sustainable. It's not predictable, it's not du duplicatable. It's not the reason you got into real estate, is it? Just to essentially have some you know, tech company guru somehow now become your boss of deciding whether or not you're going to get good leads or bad leads. Guys, stop skipping the real work in real estate, which is learning how to be a proactive lead generator. That's where most of you guys fall is that your refusal to learn how to do the real work. Now, here's an interesting psychological thing that happens. Once you've accepted what we're saying is true, and once you decide you're going to you know, definitely go down the path of being a proactive lead generator, there's a whole bunch of other new thought patterns uh, and, and connections that happen along the way to forming that skill set to be a very a consistent proactive lead generator. You start thinking more like a business person. You start valuing your time more. You start being more organized. You start all the things and the attributes that you want. They come on the other side of stop of knowing that you're going to be proactively lead generating and you're no longer going to be buying business and chasing gimmicky ideas. You guys understanding what I'm saying? It's the next level for all of you, provided you're actually willing to do it, which all of you, here's, you have two paths forward, basically. You either listen to what we're saying and you become a proactive lead generator, or most likely, well, there's three paths forward. You just sort, you essentially flounder through your real estate career. You stay in the business, but you never make any real profit. You stay in the business and you're always chasing the latest gimmicky idea. You're the person that's going to click on the person talking about how they generate 27 ads or 27 leads through Facebook for, you know, $50. And you're going to think that's the greatest, that, you're that version. Or you're someone that's going to fail out of the business. Those are your three paths forward. There's really no, there's no hybrid version. Those three paths, that's the path you guys have to choose which one you're going to be on. I beg you to consider being a proactive lead generator and becoming skills-based and seeing all the rest of it for what it is. Some of it is fun stuff that might have a place in your business down the road after you've learned how to be a proactive lead generator. I mean, look, guys, once you become the dominant listing agent or a dominant listing agent in your marketplace, maybe you do want to you know, work on a, a nice brand for yourself, or maybe you do want to create a pretty website or all, who cares? That's fine. But you've already got cash flow. You've already got a consistent lead flow. You've got a solid foundation. If you want to add some of that other stuff, that's strictly optional, go for it. But don't think you have to do that stuff first and then somehow when you do all this, you know, telling your story on Instagram or doing all this Facebook stuff or all the other stuff you guys are told to do, don't think that's going to lead to transactions, right? Don't believe that's the way it's actually going to work. Now, can you create leads off social? Yes. 
but it's going to cost you so much. Are you actually going to make a profit from it? Doesn't it make more sense if your pur purpose of getting in this business in the first place was to actually have a profit in which that profit you can improve the lives of the people you care about, starting with hopefully your family and yourself? I mean, isn't that the reason you got in the business in the first place? So I get it. Real estate is awash with stories about people doing all this business from social, all this business from buying business, and but nobody talks about net income. Just listen for that. That's another filter. When someone's presenting an idea to you, when you're listening to a coach, coach a guru, or whatever, if they're not essentially thinking like I'm presenting to you guys right now with regards to running everything through very rigid filters and really the bottom line being the profit margin. If they're not presenting ideas like that to you, you need to realize what they are. They're just selling you easy button gimmicks. They're not. And why are they doing that? And Julie said this the other day on the show, and it's definitely true because they probably have never learned how to be proactive lead generators themselves. And it's easier for them just to basically follow the you know current zeitgeist and hop on you know various YouTube channels and listen to various internet marketing, social networking whiz bang gurus and just copy what they're saying, because all they're having to do is like they're they're parroting back information they heard from somebody else. You guys haven't heard it in any other place, so you thought it was new information. This guru must know a lot about the internet and whatnot. And they're telling you all this stuff. And six months from now, they're going to tell you something different because there's another, you know, the, the trend has moved to something else. And that's the nature of how these guys are continuously selling you guys products with the belief, with the, the essentially the lack of understanding that that is not a sustainable business model. If you want a sustainable business model, if you want to be a true professional, you have to earn the right to do that. And the way you earn the right to do that is by having the skills, the skill set necessary not just to proactively lead generate, but also obviously to sell people's houses in all kinds of different situations and you know solve people's problems. And, and that comes with, yes, time, but it also comes with the mindset that your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to other people. If you accept that, if that becomes your internal barometer for what you know essentially is how you conduct yourself on this planet, I am here to be of service to you. How can I help you? How can I make your life better? On the other side of that acceptance, not the neuroses that's social networking, not the ego-fueled stuff that's basically awash with everything in real estate, let alone the world right now, but if truly being in alignment with your highest and truest purpose, which is being of service to other people, when you stay true to that, on the other side of that, you're, if you're truly in alignment with it, you're not going to be able to allow yourself to do the gimmicks anymore. You're going to know that if you're going to be in alignment with being of service to other people, that you have to learn how to actually do it, which means you're going to have to learn skills. You guys get it? These are the keys that once you essentially turn, put in the lock and turn, and you walk through that door, you're going to find everything on the other side is probably beyond what you'd hoped it would be like, right? That's what you're going to experience. And that's incredibly exciting to Julie and I and everybody in our business. It's what drives us. We love sharing those experiences with you guys where you have those little epiphanies, the little aha moments. That's amazing. That's, that's you know, it's fulfilling to us and personal uh, personally and professionally, right? We love that. So allow that to happen, right? Allow that to happen for your, yourself and your life. So listen, guys, if you need us for anything at any time, you can always text me directly. By the way, we're always looking for great agents to become uh, partners with us in our EXP group. If you want to talk to me about EXP at any time, you can obviously just text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. 
Thank you for the tens of thousands of you that continue to listen to our podcast every single day. We've got thousands of past shows that are available on iTunes, Stitcher, just everywhere. We're, we're um, syndicated now on uh, Audible, which is awesome, on Amazon, on Spotify, which is, again, it's pretty amazing. So thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast. Um, we really sincerely appreciate the opportunity and the honor of being your coaches. If you guys need us for anything, please always reach out. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.